If I were to say to you today that there's a topic that our world is really struggling with, I think it would be this, this topic. Uh, I think it would be this very question that, that Pilate asked. Now, you remember what happened. Jesus was arrested in the garden, and he was taken to Caiaphas, and then he was put in a prison overnight and the next day taken to Pilate. You remember that story? I actually, in, in, uh, when I went to Jerusalem, I was able to go down into what they believe. They say, if not here, then near. Uh, that, that, uh, that, that holding cell. And I'm going to tell you, it was a hole in the ground with a dome. And, I, and they asked me, because I'm the quiet little fella, <laughs> to read some scripture while I was down there. And the reverberation was just ugh, kind of scary to hear yourself like that, you know. And, uh, but then the verse, the word of God and how strong and powerful it was. Can you imagine arresting Jesus and then putting him in jail for anything? That whole process. And you remember then, now we're looking now in verse 28 of this chapter. I just want to read this because there's a question that I believe is appropriate as to, then as it is today. And I want you to see this. Look in verse 18. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the hall of judgment. It was early. They themselves went not to judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, that they might, might eat the Passover. That was a, a Jewish rule for them on Passover. Pilate then went out unto them and said, What accusation bring ye against this man? And they answered and said, If, if he were not a malefactor, we would not have delivered him up unto thee. Then said Pilate unto them, Take ye him and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. They showed their desire in this passage. That the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he said, signifying what death he should die. Then Pilate entered the judgment hall again and called Jesus, said to him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it of thee? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation, the chief priests, have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus, notice his, ver his answer here. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then, we would, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate said, therefore, unto him, Art thou a king then? Notice this answer now. Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. For this cause came out of the world that I should bear witness unto the, the, unto the what? Truth. Everyone, everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. I want you to hear this question that Pilate, Pilate asked loud and clear. Pilate saith unto him, what is truth? And when he had heard this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto him, I find no fault in him. We've got songs. I find in him no fault at all. I think he discovered some truth. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us today. Help us in this world of distortion, in this world of chaos, 
and this world of uncertainty, God, to know that there is absolute truth. And by knowing that truth, Father, and by hearing your voice, we can be a part of your kingdom. God, I pray today, move on our hearts. If you ever have met with us, God, we need you today. We ask for that in your name. Amen. Truth is defined by Webster as a body of real things, events, and facts, and actuality. It's a state of being the case or a fact. It's, it's a transcendent, fundamental, or spiritual reality. I think today in this world there are so many looking for truth in all the wrong places. We've got, there's a song, looking for love and all. They're looking for truth in all the wrong places. Did you know if you talk to an Islam, a person that follows Islam, they have a book that they look to for truth? Did you know if you look to a Buddhist and ask them about their faith, they have a book that they look to for truth? And if you were to ask the Jehovah's Witness, they would tell you they have a book that they look to for truth. If you were to talk to a Mormon, they would tell you they have a book that they look to for truth. May I say to you, Christians, we have a book that we can look to for truth. Now, it's important you understand, though, that truth is not an isolated uh, a fact in life. Did you know that truth exists whether you believe it or not? Did you know you don't have really an option? Think about this. And I've used this, I've used this illustration in class and other places. If you don't believe in laws and truth, just throw a rock up over your head and stand there. You may want to deny that something that is true is false, but just because you deny it doesn't make it false, it's still true. And did you know that truth is a, 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 it's like a plumb line. If you've ever been a plumber or used a plumb line, it, it, it is true straight. Did you know that truth is solid, rock solid? You can bump against it all you want to. It won't give, but you will. How many of you have ever uh, uh, bumped against the truth that your dad or mom was trying to tell you? You're a little hard-headed. Anybody a little hard-headed this morning? I'll tell you what, we have some of that hard-headedness. I had a good, I think I got a double dose. As a matter of fact, I had a hard time learning the easy way. And when you find out that truth is not moving, eventually you say, duh, I better figure it out, right? Well, I think this world is full of people right now. And if Pilate were standing here with Jesus in front of him and he were to say, what is truth? I think this world is full of people asking that very question right now. There are people all around us asking, what is truth? Now, I want to, I want to say to you that, that it's important that we, I think that we understand that. I think Pilate could have asked a different question. I think he could have asked, who is truth? You know, I think you need to understand that truth has a lot more to do with facts, a lot less to do with facts and more to do with a person of those facts. See, what we, don't, what we understand as Christians is that truth is an embodiment. It's not a, 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 a list of circumstances. And we need to understand that. I believe that we want, I want to look today at the writings of our apostle John. Is it okay? You remember John was called the beloved. He's the beloved uh, disciple. And he was a man that loved Jesus. And if you'll turn to, if you'll look at uh, John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31, he says, here's why he wrote the book of John. 
And many other signs did Jesus in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. Notice verse 31, the whole purpose of him writing. And I think it's probably true throughout his writings, all the books that he's written, that these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have what? Life through his name. Let me tell you something. John had one goal, and that was to let us know who Jesus really is. He wanted to tell us the truth about Jesus. Now, let me say this. We've got to come to the terms of what truth is before we can accept who Jesus is. Think about it. If you believe truth is on every street corner, then you're in trouble. If you believe anything anybody says that has a microphone is truth, you're going to be misled. If you believe such because somebody's got a lot of people uh, paying for their television broadcast that they're preaching truth, you may be misled very seriously. Listen to me. You understand to me, truth is God's truth and only God's truth. And it's important we see that. First of all, I want you to see that truth has value. Truth has value. And the reason we have to go back to that is because a lot of people today rather not, would rather not accept the value of truth in general, especially as it relates to their, to their life. You know, a lot of, a lot of folks don't want to face the, uh, the, 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 the reality of their truth. Have you ever heard this expression, well, that's my truth? Did you know truth doesn't, is not owned by any man? It's not owned by somebody. Well, that's a version of the truth. Did you know truth doesn't have a version? Did you know truth is pure and simple, boiled down to one word, and that is truth. It has value because it's the original. The reason why lies exist is because truth exists. If truth is real, then certainly if you depart from truth, then you're not telling the truth. And my mama used to call them lies. I said, Mama just told a little white light. Mm-mm. It got, you know, my little white lies got me in the same trouble as my big black ones. I usually got a spanking. I was outside playing one time and I lied. I went over to the neighbor's house and played and she told me not to. I may have used this story before. My mom could see out the window and see the neighbor's house, but duh, I didn't think about that. Came back in the house. David, did you go to the neighbor's and play? No, I didn't. She had behind her back a belt. My mom, yeah, my mom beat me with a belt, and I'm all messed up. <laughs> Listen to me. My mom taught me early on that truth was important, and truth holds value. Why does it hold value? First of all, it holds value because it's anchored in Christ's person. And John 1:14 says, "And the Word was made flesh." And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. And what's that last word? Truth. Say it with me. Truth. I want you to look at John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You had better be happy today that truth is anchored in the person of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we're all in trouble. If truth does not belong to Jesus, we are in trouble because Jesus is the only person that's lived on this earth sinlessly and died in our stead. I am so glad that truth is anchored in the person of Jesus Christ. Secondly, it's archived in God's Word. 
Think about it. We have right him. That's him. Our Bible of truth. Our word of truth. We don't have the Koran. We don't have the New Living Translation. We don't have the Book of Mormon. But come on now. Guys, we have the real thing. And it's archived for us. God decided that, hey, I'm going to let my word become flesh. And he's going to dwell among you. And then I'm going to move on 66, well, over 66 books, 40-some different authors over a period of 1,600 years, and there's not one error in this book at all of that. Now, you hear me and hear me clearly today. This is no accident. This is the truth of God, and it's archived for us to read and for us to take, tr take truth in that. And I'm telling you, I'm so glad that God archived that uh, in the Word of God, and it's activated by the Holy Spirit. You know the Spirit of the Word of God is spiritually written, and it must be spiritually discerned. You cannot, and once again, we're looking at the writings of John as he talks about all of this. Look in John 16, 13, how be it when he... The spirit of truth. Boy, the spirit of what? You think God's interested in truth? I didn't write that. He wrote that. Why didn't he call the spirit of God? Why didn't he call him the Holy Spirit? Why didn't he call him the Holy Ghost? He said, how be it when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you in all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear and, and shall he speak, he will show you things to come. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit reveals what's in this book. Somebody said, David, I can't understand the book. Join the crowd. There are passages that, that I, you know what I find? When I have a difficult passage that I'm not sure what it means, I go to a commentary and guess what? He didn't either. <laughs> I mean, ixnay, nothing there. And it's like, thanks a lot, Bo, you know? And I'm just telling you, God's word is always going to be a mystery to me. But God says, I'll reveal mysteries to you through the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, when you pray and say, Jesus, would you reveal to me your truth today? The Holy Spirit is activating the Holy Ghost by the word of God. And I'm telling you, he will tell you truth. He does not hide truth. It's activated by the Holy Spirit. So it's valuable. Secondly, it's the voice. Of God or the conditions of truth. I want you to understand that God ha expects us when we learn the value of truth. How many say, David, I believe truth's valuable? How many believe that God, that John, the book of John tells us? Oh, only a few of you. Okay, let me should I go back and preach that point again. I mean, let's face it now, truth is valuable. It has value, okay? Well, what he now says, we got to put a voice to it. You know, the Word of God, the Bible does. Now, I know Alexander Scorby does a great job reading the Bible. But let me tell you something, we can't broadcast that on the streets. The Word of God is written, and it's just right here. It's, just, it's a living Word of God, but it's, I know I have hearing aids, but I can't hear that talking. You say, David, what are you talking about? Let me tell you how the Word of God is spread through the world. It's through me and you living it. I can't, I, you may be the only Bible some people see. You know, I believe the first thing, when we, when we become the voice, we got to talk it. First John, he wrote that book too. First John 3.18 says, my little children. I love it. We, I, I think I, uh, uh, Brother Ted Aguilar was a, uh, the Indian, full Indian, from Oklahoma, came to our church and preached a revival. I think I may have told, told you guys about this. I know I've said it in other places. But Ted Aguilar was a 
was an Indian preacher. Now, if you don't know anything about Indians, they're a little wild. You say, wait a minute, how many, anybody got Indian blood in you? I figured we had a few of you all in here. And he used to preach, I mean, preach with fire. But I'll never forget, he, as a matter of fact, I, I was so um, impressed by him and, and really influenced by him that um, I would mimic him. I think I've used this illustration before. I'd mimic him. Mimic him. I, I mocked him, not in disrespect, but I was practicing my preaching. Now, I was about 13, didn't know any better, and I'm in the back of our camper preaching like Ted Aguilar. I tell you what, uh, you ought to come to Jesus, amen. Uh, I'm talking like that, uh, and I'm preaching. I think I'm feeling good about my preaching, and about that time, Brother Ted opened the door. <laughs> By the way, both my sisters were getting saved. You say, David, you're pretending. Let me say this. He made an impression on me, but I'll never forget. He used to read that passage, and when he'd say, little children, he said it so tenderly, different from the rest of his preaching. Little children. You know, when you teach children, I don't teach children like I preach here. There's a difference. And when Jesus is telling John to write to his little children, I believe what he says here, he said, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue. In other words, you can say you love all day long, can't you? I love you. It's about time for you to do more of that, right? I love you. Someone gave me some conversation hearts today. I love you. I mentioned that in a sermon the other day. I'll tell you what, I just love this time of year. But we can say it all day long. But in deed and in truth. If we're really going to say we love somebody, we'll say it non-verbally. Because that's when you mean it. Now, let me say clearly now, in word and what? Truth. Now, let me say this. Truth is not unkind. Think about it. Real truth is not unkind. Because if you believe truth can be kind or, me, you know, kind or unkind, then you believe God can be kind or unkind. And God is only good. Did you understand truth is the best thing you can do for somebody? For me to tell you you're lost and not going to go to heaven, you're going to hell, that's the best thing I can tell you if you're lost. I'm your best friend at that moment. Do you understand that truth has no partiality? It has no personality. It is just the truth. The only thing that changes the truth is when we get around, we get a hold of it, and we twist it all up. And that's what makes truth hurtful or harmful. And it's not truth anymore. My, my point is, we've got to talk it. Here's another version of that same verse. It says, my little children, let us love not in word and speech, but in action and truth. Let me say this. That's what love is all about. So first of all, it's a voice. We must talk it. Secondly, we must believe it. You know, you can't talk about something before you believe it. If I don't believe the truth of God, stop talking about it. I should stop talking about it. If you really don't believe it, don't claim it. If you really don't want to live it, don't claim to be a Christian. It's okay. It's okay for you. It doesn't hurt my feelings. You tell me I don't believe anything you're saying, David. I, I, it doesn't hurt my feelings. It's God's truth. It's with you and him. I, I can't help you. 
It doesn't hurt my feelings, but let me say this. It still doesn't change the fact that it's the truth. Whether you believe it or not doesn't make it true or not. It makes it whether it's true for you or not. You see, this morning, right now, right now in this congregation, in the balcony all around, there are people hearing me right now, and you have not decided to believe the truth that you can be saved and go to heaven and you can miss hell. You just don't believe it. You think it's too simple. You think it's just too little. I mean, surely that's not all there is to it. Some of you today don't believe the truth that you're a sinner, low-down sinner. Well, I'm pretty good. Okay, pretty good. Okay, let's talk about that. I could for a while. I could preach a sermon on it. My point is simply this. You need to believe the truth. And if I don't believe the truth, it doesn't change the truth. And if I don't believe it, I certainly can't talk it. So the only way I can talk it is first believe it. The third thing he says, he tells us, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, whosoever believeth in, him, believeth in Him shall not perish. I know I read that real quick because you know it. Verse 18 says, He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. That John wrote that same verse. He's writing all these verses to tell us about truth so that we know we must believe it. First, we talk it, then we, we believe it, then thirdly, we walk it. When you walk in truth, it brings a reputation. If people know you to tell the truth, you build a reputation. But let me also say this, you will walk either in truth or you won't. When you walk in lies, you build a reputation. Truth is important and it has a voice. It speaks when you don't think it's talking. It makes statements about you that you think are silent. It, you, you, the, the, the way truth is in your life, what you believe in, how you walk it out and live it, shows whether you want it to or not. Whether it benefits your reputation or not. Truth is a voice that speaks. God's truth speaks. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that Jesus says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Aren't you glad that truth speaks? Aren't you glad that that speaks about what we can do to be saved today? I'm so glad that God's word speaks. And so there we see the voice, we see the value, we see the voice. Thirdly, we're going to see the victory. You know, truth brings victory. I'm so glad that the day that I stopped believing in Satan's lies and started believing in God's truth, I began seeing a change in the positive direction. I began seeing a change that David was doing better. I started seeing when I lived by the truth of God, I found out, hey, that works out pretty good. And when I started saying, Lord Jesus, would you help me in this situation? And the word of God spoke this situation. And I, I lived according to that, that situation, what God's word said, whatever it may be. I found out, hey, that's a pretty good deal. And I found out that there was victory in believing and walking in the truth of God. You know, I, I wish I could say that it's just, just you know, that simple because I think it is. Because here's what I believe. The victory uh, is there because we acknowledge it by faith. You know, 
I don't like to pool for losers. Someone said, do you like to lose? I don't like to lose. As a matter of fact, on all confession transparency, I have been known to cheat a few times in order to win. Now, that I'll confess that to Jim. I've already not confessed to him, but I'm confessing that to you. You know, share, you know, I need to tell you that. Uh, I'm not saying I'll do it tomorrow, but depends on if you let me win or not. But anyway, so <laughs> winning, but I'm so glad right now I can know, you know, I don't have to know the end of the story to know that way I'm living right now is a good thing. I know that when I acknowledge truth, that's the person of truth, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When I acknowledge him in my life, victory started right then. It, it, I've got to acknowledge who he is. Look in verse, verse uh, John 8, 31 and 32. Then Jesus said, Jesus to the Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Verse 32, and we're going to come back to this verse, and ye shall know the truth. Let me tell you something. I'm so glad that God's made it easy for me to know truth. It's obvious. You'll see it. And let me say this. Someone said, well, David, I wish they'd let, stop letting the Mormons put their advertisements on television. Hey, I'm not afraid to let the truth of God go up against the false of Mormonism. Not afraid of it all. I know that the Spirit of God and the truth of God from the Word of God will win out every time. I'm really proud of the fact, and I say this, Denise didn't know I was going to say this, Ryan, our son, is an, is, is an apologist. That's a big word. He, he defends Christian faith through the Bible and to worldviews. And he's, and he's headed over to, where is it? Croatia. And we help co don donate to his trip so that he can do that for the Croatians, defend the apologetics of faith. Let me tell you something. You know what he's saying? Basically, he's, he's, appending, he's defending truth. That's what apologetics is. Defending God's truth. We're in a world where you better, we better speak up, we better stand up, we better know that without the faith to do so, we have absolutely no truth. By the way, if we don't let faith activate truth, it's of no use. God's word and God's truth is of no use if we don't activate it in faith. It's as if it doesn't exist. God's faith, God's truth has to be activated. And then I see when you activate it, freedom will be achieved. Those same verses, I told you we're going to go back to verse 32 of John chapter 8. Notice, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Let me say this. If you say, I'm free to do what I good and well please, outside of and in violation of what God teaches, let me tell you what you are. You are a slave and in bondage to sin and Satan. You don't even know it. Because you've told, how many of you were there? How many have been there? You know what I'm talking about. You were in bondage to that sin. You were in bondage to that lifestyle. But when faith active, was activated in your life and you saw the truth of God and you acted on it, that's when you became free. Let me tell you right now, I'm as free as a bird. I, when you start think, talking about dying, I say, come on, death. Seriously. 
I mean, you say, David, you don't want to die. No, I don't want to. But I will one day. It's appointed a man wants to die. And when I do, let me tell you something. I know right where I'm going. To be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. If that doesn't give you freedom, let me tell you what else. It gives me freedom. I can do stuff that are risky. You know, I'm free to bungee jump if they have a bungee cord thick enough. I can fly on an airplane. Someone said, well, it's, it, when it's my time, it's my time. He said, I'm worried it's the pilot's time. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> I have the freedom that comes by knowing the truth that is activated by faith and is living out in my life. That is freedom nobody, nobody can get except through Jesus. I'm pleading with you today. See the truth of God. Let him speak to your heart. It's activated by faith. There's freedom achieved, and then there's a future assured. I'm telling you what, just as soon as I'm standing here, I could step foot in heaven in the next instant. You know what we don't know today? None of us know what tomorrow brings. We know right now, and that's it. We don't even know 10 minutes from now what could happen. You know, I've actually, I was actually in church service one time, and a man was sitting there, a faithful man who was an usher in our church, sat there, and while we were preaching, having service, he slumped over, massive heart attack, and died on the spot. Now, that was, ooh, you're talking about an illustration for the invitation. That was strong. I'm not joking about it, but it was kind of, later on we kind of joked a little bit about, you know, how God uses things like that. That shows you how frail our lives are. It's just a, it's just a vapor. How many of you looking back on life and say, wow, how did I get here, you know? It's fast. I think when you turn a certain age, they grease the rails and it goes faster. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. But let me tell you this, just as sure as you're sitting here and just as certain as I'm standing here, it's just the future is just as bright and assured as anything I can, I can tell you today. Why? Because of the truth of God. I've got some, t I want to read John. I need to read the verse, I guess. I can take that from 2 John 1, 2. The elder unto the elect lady and her children, and her children, Ted Aguilar, whom I love in the truth, and not only I, not I only, but also all they that have known the truth for the truth's sake which dwell in us and shall be with us, with how long? Forever. Did you know <laughs> this is forever? We have it now. This Bible's been around a little while. I, I know it's damaged. Some of you say you mistreat it. No, I've just used it. I've had a long time. I, this is my preaching Bible. I've got a reading Bible, yeah, you know, but this is my preaching Bible. And I say that to say this, you know, I hope that I can learn this, live by it. But the words in it are eternally existent in the person of Jesus Christ. And one day in heaven, the Word of God, Jesus himself, will explain all those places those commentators were silent. Jesus will tell me what it was. This Word is forever. 
And that's as sure a thing as if you're sitting here. Now, I know I have to move on. Let me go down, and I'm going to finish this up. I've got four takeaways for you today. Four takeaways. You say, wow, that sounds like another sermon. It could be, but it's not. That's why I told you I may have to add some stuff next week or whenever I get to preach. Here's the takeaways. Number one, truth is valuable because all truth is God's truth. You let that sink in. Now, I can go about the value eternally and spiritually, but let me say this. If the laws of thermodynamics are truth, that's God's truth. If history has truth, that, God, that is God's truth. The only source, the only source of truth for this world is Jesus Christ. And any truth that you bump into, any truth that you want to deny, any truth that you want to argue with, that is God's truth. Secondly, we must walk in truth and talk in truth daily. That's a challenge, y'all. That is a challenge. I want you to take that away today. I want you to take it with you. As you leave here, and maybe you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want you to know that truth demands that you walk in the truth that you're lost. If you leave here without Jesus Christ today, you need to talk and understand in the truth that you will not go to heaven if you die. Whether you want to accept the truth or not, I'm being your best friend right now by telling you, you must walk and talk in truth. Thirdly, if we do not know the truth in Christ, if you do not know the truth in Christ, you are not free. You are bound and in bondage. Only by believing in him are you free. Because see, then the truth about you changes. You're a new creation. Everything's new. And you're totally different. Fourthly and finally, Satan is the father of lies. Oh, yeah, John, John wrote about that, too. Because you see, John was aware of Satan's lies. He'd been in the garden. He'd listened to the testimonies. He'd watched Jesus, the beloved disciple who was at the foot of the cross, the only disciple at the foot of the cross. He knew about Satan's lies and deception. In verse 44 of chapter 8, he says, Ye are, the ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. I want you to understand today, as you leave here today, and this message of truth has been proclaimed from the word of God, from the writings of John, who is a beloved disciple, and all he wrote was written so that you might believe. And there's a lot more he could have written. But just those things he selected. And he selected Pilate asking the question, what is 